0: welcome back we had a fun week one What one of the underlying stories that went into it was when you had your russell wilson trades there was also a lot of other quarterback movement and some of them we want to get into today i'm your host mark hogan i'm joined again by michael McQuaid. michael what's up
1: mark how's the forum we are at the time of recording 24 hours out from uh this big Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers, and now I'm just realizing that I've time-stamped this episode already. Fifteen seconds in, but it's all good. Uh, excited for that. Excited for week two. Excited for the season generally, man. And uh, it was definitely a good crack
0: chatney last night. How's the fatigue after the weekend? I know a lot of the NFL fans. It's, it, we're out of practice. It takes a, it takes a minute to come back.
1: I so if if people weren't listening to that one uh, about the Monday Night Football, I was pretty pretty tired, man. Uh, on on Tuesday, uh, watched the. As I said before, I watched Sunday Night Football, got a few hours sleep, maybe three hours sleep, and then done the same on Monday. And got 10 hours sleep last night, so feeling chilled, I'll do it again tonight, and then we'll get back in for week two of the season. But I guess, look, it's only it's only for a certain amount of time each season, each year, so it's it's worth it when it happens. And I think, you know, this game, especially on Thursday, night between the two AFC West teams, is one to stay up for. And Sunday Night Football this week, obviously the Bears and the Packers, it depends how you look at it, but I'll be up for them
0: all. It's going to be a good crack. It's kind of crazy. The NFL schedule makers seem to really prioritize the stories earlier on. How, like, it does not make sense putting on the Bears, but it's looking at it, it's like, this is exactly what I said about the Seahawks last week. You can't write off any of the teams and it's definitely, I can't even see them being close to a game. I don't know what they're expecting, but now that the Packers have gotten their loss and they looked as miserable as they did, everyone's going to tune in. Yeah, and everyone's
1: already like Sort of jumping on the, oh, is Rogers done bandwagon? And he could literally go out and put a 50 bomb on the Bears this week and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. it's I I don't know if I said it on this podcast with you yesterday, but I don't think the Chiefs and the Chargers should be playing each other week two. I understand it's the first game in the States for the Amazon situation and it's a big thing for them, but that that should be a game that's down the stretch. There's a reason that there's certain games in the AFC West, like the, the Broncos and the Chiefs are playing, I think, uh, f- twice within the last six weeks keep those games at the end for the crack.
0: I think they do it, though. I think they do it on purpose. They want to basically say, all right, the Chargers weren't at the level. Say the Chargers lose. The Chargers weren't at the level in week two. They've had an amazing season ever since. Have they overcome? You know, it's a redemption story is what they're setting up. And redemption doesn't happen over the space of two weeks. I think that's why they do it. I think they also have so much AFC West. I put out a graphic there for us a couple of weeks ago. It's 19 AFC West primetime games. We're going to have to get used to all those players. So I guess it's to avoid a bit of burnout as well because we're going to be so used to the AFC West. Uh, And it gets everyone well up for the season. Like We all had it circled irregardless because... Think about the impact of that game if justin herbert goes out and a lot of people i think you include are expecting them to absolutely ball if he does so it kind of puts a chip on Mahomes' shoulder but also lights a fire under all the charges thinking we really do have that going now uh we're talking the mvp conversation starts in week two you're going to be justin herbert's going to be top of that if josh allen isn't already so i i i, I really I think there's a lot of sense for it and we're just talking there about being tired it's one of those ones that you also stay up for like I didn't stay up for one that night football the other day I'm I'm up for this one I, I have to my alarm goes off at five o'clock in the morning I won't even need an alarm I'll still be awake watching this game yeah
1: it's it's a funny one man because like sort of going into it like you've got a change Chargers team in the sense of Herbert's now sort of evolved over that second to third season drop and, and there's no drop for him and there's there's now that defense with with new pickups like Khalil Mack. I'm not sure if Jesse Jackson's going to be ready, but I think that is the X factor in this game because the Chiefs will obviously go up and score points and so will the Chargers with Herbert. But if that Chargers defense can just settle off, they have as as much a chance as anyone in Arrowhead. And I hope for the neutral, including myself and yourself and anyone listening to this podcast. I think every neutral in Ireland at least wants this game to be one where it's close. You don't want one team going off. You want it to be a bit of a shootout because it's obvious that the result of this game is not going to um, determine somebody's season. There's going to be slip-ups each week in this division. We've seen it in week one with the, the Raiders and with the Broncos, so it just takes time, but I'm definitely excited for it and to see the jump that Herbert makes and the jump
0: that the Chargers can make going away from home, going to Arrowhead
1: and maybe
0: getting the result. Yeah, we won't talk too much more about the game, but I won't be on podcast again before the game goes out, so I might as well say my pick is going to be the Chiefs. Having seen the Arizona Cardinals compliment them, it must be saying, let them have their own way. They definitely did come out with this. Yeah, everyone's talked about it. The tight ends were playing a massive role, and has that led to Tyreek Hill leaving, etc., etc., etc. Even though I'm the one that put the Chargers to win the Super Bowl this year, I just... Unless... chiefs get caught napping i just thought they looked amazing uh that said i love this new i suppose super depth that they have for the chargers and the o-line seems to have been become a strength out of nowhere but you know we'll transition that into what we want to talk about we've talked enough about justin herbert and Patrick mahomes but i suppose we're when we're in these segments each week we want to talk about something that isn't so prominent and to the fore and one of those is we we talked massively about a lot of quarterback moves that had happened in the off season, but some definitely got more play than others. Carson Wentz, for example, definitely got play, but it wasn't in a good sense. But watching him the other day, I took a lot of positives, believe it or not. Like we go in and Carson Wentz has a name of being not self centered but very clicky. Like Zach Ertz, his former tight end in Philadelphia, was the best man at his wedding. And they seem to have a fantastic relationship, but outside of that, they're kind of, you know, he didn't get a, get on with some of his players, or certainly that was the narrative around it. Whereas then you have the owner Jeffrey Lurie has a mural of him on his wall, even when he's playing in Indianapolis. But Carson Wentz going to Washington, they Washington Commanders obviously got a lot of stake making that move. But I have to say, I think it's an upgrade. Whether you want to call the start of last year Ryan. Fitzpatrick, or Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz showed a lot of signs. And now, look, you have, to, you have to understand that Carson Wentz is going to come up with ups, and then he's going to have downs. And Ron Rivera was actually asked about that based on this performance after the game. But straight off the bat, I loved that there was RPOs. Johan Dotson's first touchdown was what Carson Wentz was able to do so well under Doug Peterson in Philadelphia and it's just a new facet to the game and it's just more eliteness to the game that I really liked what Carson Wentz brought to and I think they can have a better season with him than any other option later quarterback.
1: It's funny because at one point in the offseason there was rumours going around that uh, Ron Rivera was making calls to to teams by quarterbacks and apparently if this is true or not he made calls about Patrick Mahomes uh going so i I could imagine sitting in Kansas City whenever that 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 phone call came through so it's it's difficult because like i I like the way that you've described the situation there Carson wentz is still the quarterback who in Indianapolis last year at least had sort of issues there were like there was a lot of early games for us last year and when I say early games, I mean like the six o'clock window and I remember like, you got to see a lot of it at the time because. He wasn't like he wasn't that productive in the ball. He kept throwing the ball, like, interceptions, picks, um, and he just looked like he lacked confidence. At the time when ugh, I even go back because the Colts in week two are playing the Jags, and you you, you instantly think of his performance in that in, in that game. And for him to go into the weekend before the commanders and sort of playing that offense where it's you know a, a lot of there's a lot of speed there's a lot of elite route running it's the sort of play that he likes and it's the play that he works well with and you've seen that connection with Dotson. you've seen the way that the the running game and the pass game worked together to have 300 yards over 300 yards with four touchdowns albeit of course there was two interceptions it's a good start for him they won the game obviously in a perfect world i do I, you know what i'll say this if he had went instead of 27 for 41 in terms of completions if he had went 30 for 41 and didn't throw a pick, we'd be sitting there saying he had in the late week. So uh, it's definitely one that's intriguing. They go to the Lions, I think, week two. So, and in the long stretch, I do agree. I think he's better than Taylor Heineke. And I think commanders fans have to look at this in a positive way because the division that they're in with the Giants, who even if they win the next few weeks, will fall off with the team that they have, in my opinion. The Cowboys look to be done. <laughs> and we're sitting here mid before week two of the season. And the Eagles, you don't know what you're gonna get. So I I, I like the Carson Wentz pickup. I like the move. Let's see what happens.
0: I like a lot more. I think I talked about Clicky with Zach Ertz. It was a clear connection with Curtis Samuel, who it was two stories, three stories with Carson Wentz in the off season. One of them was the interceptions in training camp. The second one was the interview about the interceptions in training camp. And then the third one was his relationship with Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel had 55 yards, which was fewer than Terry McLaurin. But Terry McLaurin got all of his in the one touchdown pass. It was 11 targets, eight receptions for Curtis Samuel versus four targets for Terry McLaurin. So it's fantasy aside, although that might uh, pique some people's ears. If he has those guys it's going to help his confidence i don't think he ever got on board with a specific receiver in indianapolis last year when it comes down to it in when playing at the jaguars he doesn't have anyone that he wants to go to i suppose ty hilton was out at that stage and michael Pittman dooner has forever been promised to us as a guy that can play but curtis samuel came out afterwards and said about the washington attack that you can never have too many weapons and it really is a case of that because if terry McLaurin. He's the one that we all really pay attention to. And then Curtis Samuel is there. They pick up John Dotson in the draft. Antonio Gibson was, I think, their leading receiver on the day. And that's after he was, what, playing with the third stringers during training camp. And look, it's because of the unfortunate incident with Robinson getting shot that he is his chance again. But if he can take that, all of a sudden I'm like, well, they have the defense. And let's see if it actually comes out but Ron Rivera typically does have a gun defense and that's what they built first in Washington was that defense and like I'm I'm not saying like I expect massive things but I certainly like it a lot more and it's kind of after week one you see a play out it was against a team that you know they could have you know, like it was Jacksonville so it was flattering but I am I'm able to pay attention to Washington now all of a sudden and I'm it's not about being happy for Carson Wentz or anything. You, ha- you do, like I said, you have to appreciate what he comes with. At the end of the game, they were 14-12, sorry, in the fourth quarter, two back-to-back interceptions that gave Jacksonville 10 points or the lead. But what, how does Carson Wentz respond to that? He throws a 45-yard touchdown to Terry McLaurin and then a 24-yard touchdown pass to Johan Dotson, and that puts them in for the win. So, yeah, there was... There, it's it's intriguing certainly Um, he is so hit or miss but all of a sudden I'm like well if he goes back to you know the quote unquote 2017, 2018 year the MVP year that everyone's been talking about I'm like hey Washington in that division I think becomes really intriguing we can certainly go to any number of quarterbacks next but why not go to Indianapolis where he's been replaced with Matt Ryan did you love the Matt Ryan trade or did you just think well you're taking on that big money salary dump I loved it I think that the Atlanta Falcons
1: done them really dirty. And I understand, I don't want to get into this now, but <laughs> all the allegations aside, like all that stuff, everything going on aside to have the potential of what Deshaun Watson can do. I, like obviously Arthur Blank wanted to go after that situation because he he understood at that, at that time that uh, Matt Ryan was, you know, coming to the twilight years in his career and, and he wanted to find a way to guarantee some sort of success and they were very publicly in for for deshaun watson i just don't think the way that it ended in atlanta was fair on matt ryan and what him and his family have gave to that city over the last uh was it was a 2008 he was drafted so like over the last 14 to 15 years i just don't think it was right that being said i i love it because it takes away that uncertainty in indianapolis a quarterback because last year there was a lot of um a lot of situations, like I said, with Carson Wentz where you didn't feel confident in this offense. And yeah, of course, you can hand it off to Jonathan Taylor as many times as you want, but you need to have that consistency down the field by throwing throwing and passing the ball. So um, it does make sense. You got a veteran coming in that, frankly, in that AFC South should do well. I was surprised last week at how... They, they didn't struggle, but like there was times last week where they did struggle in certain situations with getting the ball down the field. And it's going to maybe take Matt Ryan if maybe a few games to embed himself in that offense. But you've seen players come out and talk highly about him and even on the sideline about what he can add to this team. And I think in the long run, what I'm talking like maybe week six, week seven, week eight, that's going to provide them with a lot more benefits than questions. So I do like the move. Um, I don't think financially it's a major issue or a major play for them. I think they need certainly that position. I think in the current market now, Matt Ryan makes sense. See what happens with Matt Ryan. There's no reason why Matt Ryan can't play for another three or four years max if he wants to. Um, And I think it would be great to see him make a run in the playoffs because he's a guy that I think for the career that he's had, for the stats that he's had, um, it would be great to see from from a neutral viewpoint. But in the
0: AFC, it's always going to be difficult. I think when they went for Matt Ryan, part of the story that was lost was obviously Carson Wentz was not clutch when they were going for the playoffs last year. Matt Ryan has built the name on being Matty Ice. And I didn't really, you really see what that means when they're 20 to 3 down against Houston Texans who they should have absolutely, you know, torn apart. Like here's a Super Bowl contender would be, that's what people are saying, Super Bowl contenders, 17 points down. And the comments after the game, Quentin Nelson comes out and says that Matt Ryan was running up and down the sideline, down 17 points, rallying everyone. And so Matty Ice isn't just what happens on the field. It's what happens on the sideline before that, that he's getting everyone up for the game. Miley Cox came out afterwards and said, when you see him putting his body on the line, that's when you want to go to town and go to bat for the guy. So how he was able to turn it over. It hasn't really gotten the headlines of that that was clutch play, but it was. And they would have won that game if it wasn't for the now waved Rodrigo Blankenship who had an absolute stinker of a wide that is inexplicable. I mean, they went to overtime. They could have won it there. I I understand that. But Matt Ryan wasn't the problem. It was his playmakers around that. And like I just mentioned when we're talking about Carson Wentz, we've been told that Michael Pittman is going to be the one that's going to finally have to step up and the players around him. So you have Johnson Taylor, who still had 31 carries, 161 yards. That's going to stay there. But Matt Matt Ryan is an absolute competent quarterback, and I worried that he was done last year when we saw him in London. Stinker of a game. But that was probably the stinker of, you know, an Atlanta Falcons attack. But I really enjoyed watching Matt, Matt Ryan, and I think it confirms to me that Indianapolis definitely doesn't play this this year
1: yeah because they've, they've got that x factor now where they can not just run the ball with Taylor they can actually get it down the field and Pittman uh, I think Pittman scored against the Texans on Sunday didn't he as well I took him to like the I think it was mid to the end of the third quarter but it's just time it's time and they're going to have that time in that division in my opinion because you got yeah. the, the two games against the Texans two games against the Jags, against the Jags and and um, I think if the Colts don't win the South, they'll be, a, they'll be a wild card team. I can see them getting over 11 wins, which is like something that I wouldn't have said with Carson Wentz and not. That, that's a big difference. I know one guy that you were really impressed with, though, was... Uh, well, I don't know if you were really impressed with him, but he's, he was with the Atlanta Falcons last year. Do you really think Marcus Mariota is going to be, like, a yeah,
0: difference well, maker in Atlanta? How, how well does this work? We're just talking about guys that replace guys that replace guys. And Marcus Mariota, I... Yeah, like he's this guy that's been under the radar, Michael, because when you look at Marcus Mariota, he came in as this superstar, kind of burnt out in the media, and then we go automatically to write him off because if you're not a Justin Herbert nowadays, you're nothing. Whereas the guy that replaced Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill, it's like, is Marcus Mariota the next Ryan Tannehill, a guy that kind of bounced around? And bounce around is kind of a tough phrase to use for him because last off-season everyone was talking about how he's been buried on Las Vegas's depth chart, that if Derek Carr puts a foot wrong, Marcus Mariota is ready to step in and without, or well, he did play last year, but everyone was talking that he's going to be a massive free agent signing this year. And it kind of did go under the radar because he doesn't have that name about him anymore. But watching him yesterday or on Sunday, I definitely thought there was flashes for him. He like, Atlanta needed to move on, I think, almost from Matt Ryan because it was like being there, done that. They, As good as they were, there was always like crazy losses that they just weren't finishing out games. And it, I I don't believe that's a Matt Ryan culture, and it's far from it. But whatever groove they'd gotten into, like there was serious tur- turnover with the head coach. It's like they did have to strip it back, I I do believe. So now when you put a Marcus Mariota in there, he's not supposed to be the future. Obviously, they have Desmond Ritter. He was now injured and won't play, and Marcus Mariota will get all the time that he needs, and he won't even have to train him up. But I really like what I saw because he unlocks again a facet of the, the offense that they needed. Whether it was, yeah, it was the running. Like when uh, he was, when Marcus Mariota was in Tennessee, and except for the year that he only played eight games, he had two hundred and fifty yards rushing every year for four years. He had at least two hundred and fifty yards rushing. He had three years of three hundred yards rushing. So it's like he does. Come with that for Atlanta. It's like when you have the playmaking ability of Corderelle Patterson, I was going to say call Pitts first, but Corderelle Patterson is also that, that you don't know if he's going to be running or if he's going to be in the passing game. And you kind of have an element. I'm not going to say that he's out and out, run first, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray quarterback. But I do think that they're fortunate to have that. They can go in a different direction because Matt Ryan was often quoted as saying we're too one as in offense in Atlanta and they won't have that now this year. Again, he's been out of the game. He's well, not out of the game, but he hasn't been starting. He did, Marcus Mariota, have a miserable fumble that came on one of those runs that I'm talking about. He started the run at the 20-yard line. He gets to the five-yard line. This is a clutch fourth quarter. It's in the end zone and the ball pops out. But I'd rather have that element than not, especially for a team like Atlanta right now, who isn't supposed to contend anywhere. So, what if they and he got to lose?
1: I think I think the really interesting about Atlanta is, I mean, we were both at that at that game last year, um, in in London, and <laughs> they weren't that exciting to watch, were they? I mean, Kyle Pitts. Am I right in thinking Kyle Pitts still hasn't scored a touchdown in America yet? That's incredible. I mean,
0: that was his one and done. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like that, <laughs> that is nuts.
1: And they've now got that combination. And that's that's that jump from year to year now. Take out Matt Ryan. Bring in Drake London, a wide receiver. That youth, the, the speed. Marcus Mariota, like, look, I would like nothing more, Mark, than to see Marcus Mariota excel in this league. He didn't throw any touchdowns on Sunday. He was 20 for 33. There's definitely ways for him to improve. But I feel like I just something tells me Desmond Ritter's going to be playing there week four, week five. I don't know why, if it's like, I I would love to see him excel, Mariota, but I feel like Desmond Ritter, from what I've seen in the preseason in terms of his speed and the way his offense is working, I could see him come in. The thing that they have going for him in that division is, like you mentioned, Corey L. Patterson. At, at at running back, and if they can get the ball down the field to London and to Pitts, they've got a chance. But I still feel like it's a work in progress. But the Falcons seem to falcon themselves. They seem to, seem to screw it up, and like they were in a lead on Sunday, and like what what they, were 27, uh, they they were twenty seven. They 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 scored twenty seven points for the first three quarters. No, sorry, that's, that's wrong. They scored twenty four points for the first three quarters. That's nuts, and they couldn't close it out. They they gave up seventeen points in the fourth quarter. So even taken away from, from from the offense with Mariota. The team is never going to step forward and have that established quarterback until they can right their wrongs and right their mistakes. And I think that was a massive, massive mistake for them on Sunday. And I actually felt bad for them watching it on Sunday. Um I guess it'll be interesting to see if Mariota or if Ritter can can take him to that next step this season.
0: Yeah, do you know what I have to give them credit though. I know they didn't close out the game, but New Orleans went into that being quoted as being the best defence in the league. And to put those points above them hey maybe it was just caught in the bounce kind of thing but yeah i don't know i was happy to see a uh, surprise i should say but i i'm not going to completely write off what what new orleans turned around because it was good to go i do want to keep this moving we're going to touch on one last quarterback before we finish up with one that i didn't love after the weekend baker mayfield you like the move obviously
1: literally got my heart racing my my heart started racing it wasn't the coffee I was drinking at all just whenever that happened Baker Mayfield is intriguing because Baker Mayfield prior to his injury issues was in my opinion a really really promising quarterback now I have the stats somewhere here I had them up Baker Mayfield the year was a 2020 whenever he had that year where he took the Browns to the playoffs and people seem to forget that Baker Mayfield was the guy leading to lead into the playoffs for the first time in what since what two thousand and two or something like that's insane. Uh, in terms of a statistics, so if you actually look at that season, um, with with Cleveland in twenty twenty went eleven and five. He had three thousand five hundred and sixty three passing yards. Even the year before he had more than that, but um, his completion rate was was fantastic. He looked more competent out of the pocket, and then he got injuries. And in twenty twenty one, he went six and eight, and he looked. Banged up, he his arm didn't look great. His confidence wasn't great, but more so and more importantly than any of that, his decision making was gone. Like this is the man that went from having a career high completion of three hundred and seventeen in twenty nineteen to go to two hundred and fifty three in twenty in twenty twenty one and that, and that really showed. And there's certain plays. I think there was a game against Green Bay in twenty twenty one where he just out, out of the pocket just looked off and I think I really really think now that he can turn it around it's going to take a lot of time Carolina need to give him the the time and the patience to do that uh, the second half performance on Sunday against the Browns was interesting but he's got that X factor there with McCaffrey where he can if he doesn't feel comfortable in certain situations he can hand it off to him until he gets injured which will be like in like three or four but weeks please term, God, McC- he doesn't
0: McCaffrey has something like fourteen carries or something their day it's like they're they're worried about him getting injured and not utilizing hey, it could have just been the first game and the game plan
1: I agree uh, like maybe they yeah. are
0: like maybe they are concerned I don't know it's interesting. I, I think with mayfield for me though when you start talking about time when i was I was making this video first last week and I was getting clips of Baker Mayfield at a press conference I needed to get him at a press conference. he always seems so negative and into him not not into himself in an arrogance way but like inside himself like overanalyzing and it. it's like the world has scorned him and he's owed something. Maybe that's a bit of a harsh criticism, but I just think he needs to be a bit more positive because when we we're talking about Matt Ryan earlier on and we we're saying that everyone wants to go to bat for him, I don't know do people say that about um about Mayfield. Like look what happened last year with Odell Beckham's dad releasing the video and then in the follow up to that Jarvis Landry didn't completely, you know, get on get on board with Mayfield either um that look it's not he, he mate, hasn't helped himself mark he yeah hasn't. yeah so that's that's where i'm kind of a bit down on him because i don't think they have a fantastic culture anyway in carolina matt real could be gone after the season like it just hasn't that whole thing even though he has what another hundred years of that contract guaranteed to him but I, I i kind of worry about baker mayfield i just don't know if he's friendly enough and it probably was a it was tough that they started off with the Browns, because the narrative was completely about him. And when you're trying to make friends in the locker room, does everyone want to keep on hearing about the May- Baker Mayfield show? I think they're probably going to have to get onto a, on a wrong foot. Look, it was great to see him get the touchdown. He rushed in for a touchdown the other day and it was emotional. And the players were around him. But it's definitely one that I'm putting a bookmark in. And I'm going to keep on coming back to week to week to see, does Mayfield get along with his players? Is there a chemistry there? And can they build on it? Because like at the end of the day, even the Carolina Panthers, what were they at last year? Seven and two or something ridiculous. Or was it was a five and two. Carolina Panthers were able to get off to a good start with they Sam Darnold last yeah. year. So who's who's Baker. now
1: done? Like let's be yeah. clear. Like the, the Cowboys need a quarterback at the minute and nobody's talking Sam Sam Darnold. So No one, no one. It's gonna be intriguing. I, I can't wait to hear uh, your wide receiver thoughts next week.
0: Oh yeah, that's if we do. Well no, we might as well finish up there with the quarterback. See if we have to put a bookmark into Sam Darnold if he does come back with the um Okay, was look there's one quarterback that we're not going to discuss it's uh mitchell trubisky i know that pittsburgh fans might be a bit disappointed that we're not talking about him but i think it's one too early and two who knows when can it's way it is, too early in? isn't it it feels yeah, like yeah yeah
1: it feels like it, look i'll i'll happily come back and do a 45 minute special about trubisky in week, week 12 <laughs> like by by week 12 like and i think that but that, that's a good thing the sealers have a choice now man. if, if any seeders fans are listening let's see how mitchell plays let's see you know they, they have uh the Patriots of the weekend in week two there's your chance because they're going to get the ball a lot against the Patriots and that offense and I, I'm intrigued Mark to see how he he plays against New England because it can't just be a Najee Harris. if Najee Harris plays I'm not sure of his interest in yeah. this but uh, yeah this I was
0: disappointed it. with George Pickens I was only paying attention really from a fantasy point of view but look he's expected to come on the scene I know they have an arsenal of receivers clearly so there's a lot more to happen with Pittsburgh so maybe we'll talk about that another time but that's it for today Michael thanks a million for coming on and uh yeah hope everyone enjoyed right it's not often anytime, you get to so. talk about these four quarterbacks I'm glad that we were able to do it <laughs> anytime
1: man. I'll talk to you soon good man